T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It has been 50 years since the first Hash Bash was held in Ann Arbor, and things have certainly changed in that time. I remember going to Hash Bash when I was in college. Never would I have ever imagined that we would be where we are right now. But for cannabis activists, ending prohibition was just the beginning. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Ann Arbor and the University of Michigan's campus have been home to the annual Hash Bash since 1972. This Saturday marks the return to an in-person event for the first time since 2019, thanks to the pandemic. Since its inception, the event attended by thousands on the first Saturday of April has been focused on reforming marijuana laws at the local, state, and federal level. The event is marked with speeches, candidate forums, music, and of course, people smoking weed. Make no mistake though, change has happened. In 2008, Michigan legalized medical marijuana and then a ballot initiative passed in 2018 legalizing recreational pot statewide. So, if the hash bash is about making change, shouldn't it have been over as soon as legalization happened? We knew then that it wasn't over, that we were going to have to protect it. And sure enough, as has been the case ever since 2008 when medical cannabis laws were passed, the big money interests try to do what they can with their resources to advantage themselves. And oftentimes when they want to advantage themselves, they want to do it at the peril of others and peel back a lot of ground that has been gained by this cannabis community over the years. Some people think, oh, we got it here. Let's move on to uh, you know federal legalization. And we still have a lot of work to do here. And we want to not only stop the big money interests from hurting existing rights and programs and the people that have been participating in them. But we also want to move forward. The legalization was an incremental gain for this community, and we want to make it a lot more broad and liberal than it is now. That is Hash Bash co-organizer Jamie Lowell. So there's the first battle. Many cannabis activists in Michigan are opposed to large corporate grow facilities and dispensaries moving into Michigan. People like Jamie say their ability to influence policy hurts things like the state's caregiver program. The thought is that big companies want caregivers to go away so people will be forced to buy their products. This is something that Barton Morris, the founder of the Cannabis Legal Group, thinks is wrong. Without caregivers, we perhaps wouldn't have recreational marijuana here in the state, you know, and I don't think that they're delivering enough respect to the institution that brought caregivers in the first place, which was the Medical Marijuana Act. You know, personally, I think that those that are really fighting against caregivers are not very respectful of them and and the institution from which they came. And they have to appreciate that they have the opportunity to be in the industry in, in, in a manner that they are now, because not every state has recreational marijuana like Michigan. And if you're cannabis influencer Amy Nicole of Acronym, those dispensaries don't offer the medical benefits that a caregiver does. I can't go up to, you know, the corner dispensary on 8 Mile and pick up something that's going to help a cancer patient nearly as much as something that's being grown specifically for them. I've got a friend that's got tons of health issues, and her caregiver grows her specific strains. Those things are important to the people that are still fighting these illnesses, and corporate cannabis doesn't always take that into account. There's still a fight there. (laughs) 
The battle over caregivers is not the only reason the hash bash continues. In Michigan, marijuana has been legal for several years, but there has been little done about those who are either in jail or prison for marijuana-related offenses that would now either be legal or come with more lenient sentences. Here is Hash Bash co-organizer Jamie again. Some of the groups and organizations we work with that are very prevalent the last couple of years, Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition and others, work on this issue to get people out of jail, to help people with their reentry, to help them while they're in there, to, to help find avenues for them. But we've made it really clear that this is ridiculous. Some people are now above board making a living in this new industry. And for that exact same behavior, there are people still sitting in prison. And we thought that some of the campaign promises that we got from the governor and, and others, we were under the impression that we were gonna really going to do something about this intense issue. And we haven't seen that kind of response that matches our image. We haven't seen the, the, the kind of action and support with getting those people out as we had expected. And we continue to, to work toward that. And that will be brought up and be a part of the message on the hash bash for sure. We'll come back to reforming marijuana laws in a second, but Jamie mentioned that expungement will be addressed at the hash bash, and that is true and not just by activists. Several politicians will be in attendance as well, including a first. And then we create a forum for the decision makers to be able to uh, appeal directly to the cannabis community. For the first time this year, we have a sitting AG. Dana Nessel did speak at Hash Bash while a candidate, but this will be the first time the sitting AG is there, and we are very happy about it. We're going to have three state house reps on stage with us, too, all of whom have done something positive on behalf of sensible cannabis policy. The elected officials that we have there you know, are in the position to make some, some very serious and life-changing decisions for people. To offer up this forum is a big part of this whole thing, and to have the first sitting AG join us is really exciting, and a lot of us are going to listen to what she has to say. She's in a re-election year. Not everybody's happy with her approach to cannabis over the term so far, so it'll be an opportunity to appeal to those voters. That's one of the really practical and exciting purposes of this event. Back to reform. Barton Morris, our marijuana law expert, he says, while reform is needed, there are other options. For an offender that's currently incarcerated, they could have their sentence commuted by the governor or it could be expunged after the fact. But Barton says even though it is complicated, that is not enough. Unfortunately, marijuana reform isn't perfect. It is complicated, and that is one of the shortcomings that we've had with regard to the legalization of marijuana. When we passed that ballot initiative in 2008, it did not address those that have been convicted of marijuana or are spending time in jail. I know of and I'm familiar with a number of cases where people are still incarcerated because of nonviolent marijuana-related offenses. It's sad, it's wrong, it's unjust, and the legislature sought to do something small about it, but they really didn't address the issues as it relates to those that are actually still in custody. Our influencer friend Amy Nicole from Acronym knows her fight is not the same as the battle Jamie has fought for years. The work done by people like John Sinclair and Adam Brooke over the decades paved the way for the next generation. Some of the, the younger ones like me where, you know, you're, you're coming in and people have already taken these steps and these strides and put these things in place. And so for us now, it's kind of getting that last push and Trying to educate people, at least in my mind, my hope is the more that these are done, the more that people step up in their own areas, we're also going to have that argument of like, what is safe? Do we have caregiver rights? All of that stuff. 
Amy Nicole mentioned education. She says that's a huge piece in normalizing the use of cannabis. We need to teach people what is safe with cannabis, what is the proper way of going about using cannabis. When it comes down to me is that I feel like if we don't educate, we can't normalize where we can't move forward. This is a safe substance, is a plant that helps us have better lives. And we can say that till we're blue in the face, but if we don't educate the people who are naysayers or the people that don't understand or look at it as a street drug that's akin to cocaine or heroin, we need to educate those people to get to the point where people are comfortable with it. And then once they get into the legalization aspect of it, then they're going to start to do more studies. They're going to start to try to understand, can this be helpful? I did mention the John Sinclairs of the world a moment ago, though admittedly he is one of a kind. Barton Morris says this is the last piece of why the hash bash is still relevant, to pay homage to the founders of the movement. The hash bash is also important because it allows us to remember where we come from and how long this has been a struggle. You know, I remember going to hash bash when I was in college over 20 years ago. Never would I've ever imagined where that we would be where we are right now. And I'm proud of it, quite frankly. But, you know, the hash bash is such a memorial to that. You know, like it's a great thing that we can utilize to remember how far we've been. But just because we've legalized recreational marijuana now, there still needs to be change. And that's something that the hash bash continues to represent. Maybe the takeaway is this. Sometimes when the fight is won, the battle is only just beginning. Thank you to Hash Bash co-organizer Jamie Lowell, cannabis influencer Amy Nicole of Acronym, and attorney Barton Morris, founder of the Cannabis Legal Group, for helping me light up this podcast. Are you still curious about the Hash Bash? Well, visit wwjnewsradio.com for more. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.